Blog Talk Radio. I hope you're getting used to hearing that uh, intro music there. I think when you hear it, you know something good is going to follow, a great discussion about real estate. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and welcome back to Your Home Buying Compass, where uh, we get together frequently to talk about all things real estate uh, for buyers, sellers, homeowners, uh, and really everyone involved in the uh, process of finding a new home. Joining me, as he does each month, is uh, uh, real estate agent David Schwabe of the Schwabe Group, Compass Realty. Today we're going to talk about um, you know figuring out the budget. How much home can you afford? Uh, and and Dave, it's probably the one thing that you know people hesitate to think about, but it really should be a starting point. Um, you know, that's really what's the budget, and is that the great right place to start? Yeah. Good morning, Jim. I appreciate uh, being here again today. So yeah, absolutely. So I I think I find that buyers just say, "Hey, I'm gonna go buy a house," and the first thing we tell them is, hey, "You really should talk to a lender first and make sure you understand what your costs are and how much you can afford." And so that is really the the starting point for all discussions in real estate. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. I, and I you know, hadn't even thought of that as I was preparing it. So so tell me about that. So uh, can uh, can they reach out to a lender? Is it is it like shopping around? Do they talk to a few to get some different views on it and, and what should they expect when they when they do reach out yeah so i i uh, obviously prefer that they work with a lender that we know and trust and we can give them a, a few to talk to but um just like anything else in in anything you buy or sell in your world there's these better ones and other ones to work with of course but what they can expect is a, a good lender is going to answer any of their questions they're going to educate them on the process they're going to talk about all the expenses involved and really um, get a feel for what they're trying to achieve. Similar to when we look at a house with someone, we ask them enough questions to understand what's, what they're trying to find out and, and what are their goals and such. It's really important, um, same with a lender, should take that, that uh, same approach. Um, we do find that most people, unfortunately, it's another whole discussion for the day, but unfortunately a lot of people do not work with uh, financial professionals and if they are working with a, a financial person they should obviously talk to them as well um, because that person is probably already helping them set a budget for their for their purchase yeah well that's that's a great point and as you say let's add that to our list of, of topics but um, so let uh, a buyer goes they talk to a lender and in their mind uh, they have X price in mind or maybe X price range um, right. Now, is that the target they should be looking at, or in today's market, do they have to presume that whatever the house is listed at is actually going to cost more? Well, I think that uh, the market is quickly shifting, Jim. Um, it's going to normalize very quickly on us here, normalize being what it used to be four or five years ago in the quote-unquote normal market. But um, with that in mind, right now, if if there are homes coming on the market many times today, they're still paying uh, asking price, sometimes over. Uh, the reality is is that the houses coming on today that are really moving ready and, and look great and have all the hot buttons of buyers, many times those are still selling over asking. 
But if they're buying a house that maybe needs updates and such, they're, they're probably not going to ask. Uh, they're not going to pay over asking because there's just um, not as much demand for those homes. Uh, they may be paying asking, <laughs> but, but they're not paying over asking. And that, and that, you know, that's today, right? Um, sure. What is it? August seventeenth. So that that may change, but um, I think that it's that's why you want to talk to um, your realtor and and ask those good questions. Um, but the reality, and we've had the discussion before, the value is the value, right? So um, if someone has listed low, it could sell way over asking. And if someone overprices it, we're advising our buyers today to pay under asking, right? Depending on the value of the house. All, all part of the process. Now, you do great work with mm-hmm. first-time buyers. Uh, boy, they, you know, they, I know they're a different uh, approach for what you do and the lack of experiences where you have to kind of fill gaps for them. But first-time buyer, what, what costs should they factor in besides just whatever asking price there is for a home? Sure. So they can go out, and I'm sure what they're doing is they're hitting the calculator button. It's going to tell them the cost of their mortgage, depending on the interest rates, of course. But um, along with that, obviously, there's insurance, taxes, um, interest, well, principal and interest, of course, that's calculated. But the taxes of the home is a big factor. Um, so when they're budgeting for the house, the mortgage person should be asking them what the taxes that you assume to be, and then their insurance. And the insurance should be somewhat uh, stab- stable. Um, they can call their local State Farm agent, whoever they want to call, and get that information but um, and then it, when they put a contract in the house, they're going to pay for inspection, um, a regular inspection. They may have some more specific inspections they want to do, uh, rate on inspection. Maybe some people do sewer scope, so sewer inspection. And these are items that we'll talk to them about. But there are there are a little bit of more that they should be budgeting for there as well, um, as well as uh, their when they talk to a mortgage professional, they should get all the closing costs. Um, because it's not just interest rate, interest rates and closing costs combined. Um, uh, the mortgage companies have been much better than they were in the past, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But, um, but you know, they could have a little bit higher. It, it's very complicated, but if the rates are between numbers, they might actually get more credit and their fees would be less based on that rate of the day. Um, so it, there's more involved in it, but there definitely are closing costs. And by law, they have to get um, – a set of closing costs from that mortgage professional before they can move forward with the, with the transaction. There's different types of mortgages. Assuming that they get a fixed rate, they can predict what their house payment is going to be over time, and insurance probably isn't going to very much, but when you're budgeting and thinking of owning a home two, three, five number of years out, taxes are the one thing that could actually fluctuate, and you have to keep that in mind as well, that that's a number that could increase. Correct. Taxes is the most likely to increase. Um, but it's really in- that's an interesting point you had there because people are talking about, oh, maybe I should rent instead of buy. And the reality is this, as the rental markets are going up and people are paying more and more for rentals, if those people had bought a home or they do buy a home, in essence, they're locking in the rental costs by owning a home, right? Um, and that's mm-hmm. the whole point is once you buy a house and you do a 30-year fix and you do net refinance, um, <laughs> And if you do refinance, you refinance it for the number of years that you originally had left on your mortgage. What's going to happen is they are locking in their costs, and the only thing that increases taxes. So the reality is if your taxes doubled in 20 years or 10 years, you're really not going up that much compared to the cost of buying a house later on that increased or 
renting because rental costs are just skyrocketing right now. Um, but yes, yeah. it's a good point. The only thing that I would, pers- you know, insurance is obviously going up a little bit, but taxes is is the only thing that could potentially go up. So we're talking with uh, David Schwabe of the Schwabe Group uh, here on your home buying compass, uh, trying to get a, a good grasp on uh, determining how much home you can afford when you're buying a home, whether it's the first time or you're an experienced buyer. Um, do you recommend, and obviously you talk about the quality of homes that uh, people are looking at, Dave, that always good to have something in reserve in case you, you, know, you want to just make some changes, some repairs or emergency fund? Yeah, I think that's also very important, and I think that's when when they're working with a good professional, with an agent, that agent should be able to tell them um, really what condition the house is and how well it's been maintained, and then obviously with a good inspection as well, they should be able to um, have a handle on what costs could be down the line, understanding the, how old the roof is, the furnace, the air, and all that sort of thing. But then there's obviously other things that, you know what, Jim, I'll tell you, it seems to me that everyone who buys a house says the carpeting is fine, and then two days after they move in, they decide to replace the carpeting. So there's there's always these unexpected little costs that they want to incur right away. The bottom line is, no one rarely does someone move into a house and not spend any money. They usually have do some paint painting, and and that all has to be budgeted into it as well. Um, but there there always will be unexpected, and we don't. You know, years ago, um, when I started the business, or when I first bought my first house, even before then, people would say, oh, buy as much as you can possibly afford. And I think that's changed, and people are setting budgets, um, so they're more conservative, and they, you know, they can go on vacations, or I say, you know, they get Starbucks coffee every day. But, um, but at the same time, it also affords them, if there's something unexpected, they will have some funds uh, and income and reserves to work with. Let's go back to the uh, lenders, um, and, and you mentioned interest rates. Uh, they've, they've taken a huge jump this year. People were really uh, buying because they were so low um, six months ago or so. I think a lot introduced a lot of new buyers into the market. What's Just for someone who hasn't been through it before, what, what's the impact on the monthly cost to a, a change in interest rates? You know, it's interesting because I, I just went in and did a full calculation on this for that exact question, um, and it's not as staggering. I mean, it's staggering, but it's not as much as you think. I'll give you an example. So we have a house right now. It's a $400,000 house, okay? So assuming someone buys a $400,000 house, which would be a very similar normal house in our price point right here, um, 20% down, again, so I'm, you know, that's a $320,000 mortgage, right? Um, $320,000 mortgage, $400,000 purchase, and let's assume $9,100 in taxes, which this house has. At 3%, Oh, I'm sorry. I also put a thousand dollars in for um, for their uh, insurance um, a year. Three um, percent interest rate would be a payment of roughly twenty two hundred, twenty one ninety four. Six percent. Now that's doubling, right? I mean, that's substantial, mm-hmm. right? Doubling to six percent, the cost would be twenty seven sixty four. So it, from a three percent to a six percent, the cost went up five hundred seventy dollars per month. But they also are paying for taxes and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's a what is that, 23% increase or something. Um, but we're doubling, we're doubling the cost of our, our, our rates, which is substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rarely going to see that. By doubling, and it's 
their overall costs are going up 23%. So people think we double their interest rates, my costs are going to double. No, because part of your costs are your taxes and, um, and your insurance, et cetera. But, uh, and that, again, I'm using a ridiculous 3 to 6%. Most people are starting to look and let's say they're 5% and maybe goes to 55 or 6 But um, it's just an interesting, interesting scenario to look at. And it's the first time in my 20-plus year career that I've ever seen a move that's been that substantial. Yeah, yeah, it really did have some, some impact. All right, let's say we talk about homes. Um, there's also condos, townhomes, um, HOAs uh, usually come with that. What, what does that mean in terms of uh, uh, the price that someone can pay? Yeah, so I think that um, if you're looking at a condo or what I call a condo, there are town, many townhomes are condo associations. Um, if they're looking at that, that, in addition to their homeowner's insurance and their uh, uh, taxes, they have to look at the HOA. So what happens, again, a good lender is going to say, oh, you're looking to buy a condo. How much are the HOA? So as part of your budget, your taxes are going to be X dollars per year and your HOA, let's assume this much per month, let's say it's 400 or 300 per month, and that has to be factored into their budget. Um, obviously, when you buy a condo and everything's covered, you don't have to pay for garbage and your exterior maintenance, and you know, you're obviously saving some substantial dollars as well, um, whereas a house, you have other costs involved. But um, yes, that has to be factored into the, the equation for sure. And, and before I let you go here last minute, but uh, since we're talking about that circumstance, uh, are there also things you should ask about if you're looking to buy a condo? Because some of those assessments can kind of sneak mm-hmm. up on you. Are there numbers you should be looking yeah. into before you commit? Yeah, so so the attorneys, once we have a contract, we ask for to see the reserves and what kind of condition the association's in to understand, and we can back out at that point. But we want to make sure they have proper reserves, and there haven't been special assessments. That's a great question. Um, have you done special assessments in the past? Have you, do you have, have any coming up? Um, because those are very concerning things. But that's exactly why you have professional, a good team, a good attorney all involved, in, and those things can be resolved. Well, um, I appreciate you mentioning attorneys, uh, good lenders, others. I know you have a lot of great contacts, which is one of the reasons people should be working with a realtor like David Schwabe of the Schwabe Group, Compass Realty. And, David, uh, if someone wants to kind of find out more, especially if they're looking at a uh, purchase, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. My cell is uh, 847-636-6747, 847-636-6747, or my email is david at schwabegroup.com. Excellent. David Schwabe, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, always enjoy the conversation. Uh, wish you a very good day, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We've got uh, some more episodes of Your Home Buying Compass coming up. Hope you'll join us.